Welcome to the She Sweet Community Podcast, the only show where leading women level up together and share stories, secret strategies, and life lessons on the journey to building a remarkable personal brand. I'm Melissa Don Simpkins, founder of the She Sweet Community and affectionately known as the First Lady of Personal Branding. Over the course of my career, I've built the brands of the world's most renowned influencers, celebrities, executives, and companies. My mission is to empower women just like you with proven strategies to lead with confidence and create your own authentic brand of influence. On this podcast, we will spotlight remarkable leaders who turn the best and brokenhearted times into their own secret sauce of success. With each episode, you will be inspired, learn to push past barriers, and brand a beautiful life on your terms. Plus, access free downloads to help you take action. Now, let's do this. Hey, SSC, welcome back to today's brandtastic episode. How are you feeling? Listen, if you have ever had an inkling or maybe just a moment of doubt in your ability to create your own path of success, this episode is just for you. Today, we're talking about discovering your voice as a woman of color and how to define your own authentic brand on your terms with our very special guest, Julie Spencer Washington. Julie is SVP Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Trinity Health. She's also a board member for a biotech company and university, and she's been recognized by Savoy Magazine as the top 100 most influential Blacks in corporate America. Now, Julie is not just about work. She's all about living a life of purpose, and she is currently working on her first book, which is her mom's story and recipe for living a joyful life. She's also a wife, a mom, and I know her to be a friend and a true advocate who always pays it forward. So I can't wait for you to join me and listen in to today's episode. We are so thrilled to have Julie Washington with us today. Julie, you are an amazing marketer. You are someone I look up to as a mentor. You are a friend. And you've got so much wisdom to share with us today. So welcome to the She Sweet Community Podcast. Thank you so much, Melissa. It is good to be here. And so I appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to the discussion and the time we have together. Absolutely. You have accomplished what so many um, women, I think, in the professional world in corporate America aspire to, which is the C-suite, right? The C-suite of leadership. You are um, this SVP of, and Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Trinity Health. And I'm just curious, like, what was little Julie like as a child? What did she dream of becoming? And, and what did she think she would be doing at this stage in her life? So little Julie is similar to big Julie. I've always pursued purpose with a plan. And so my plan since second grade was I was going to be a ballerina and then I was also going to be a pediatrician. So that was it. So I did everything in the arts and I did everything in STEM. So I had sort of a a duality of path. And so I would have expected to have been a part of Alvin Ailey or a ballet company and dancing on the stage at the same time, preparing myself that when I hang up my point shoes and tutu, I would move on to be uh, Dr. Julie and actually serve uh, those in my communities through healthcare. So that's what I thought I'd be doing, but the path definitely did not lead uh, to the same place that I am right now. Yeah, well, it's interesting because you're in healthcare 
And dancers have to learn to be flexible and agile and move. And you've had a lot of shifts and changes in your um, career. Talk to us a little bit about how you as a Black woman, and that's really what we're talking about, you know, how do we navigate the ebbs and flows of um, our careers and life? So let's stick with the ballerina sort of lessons. When dancing, you learn how to be poised. You learn how to be graceful. Uh, You also learn how to release. We talk a lot about pivoting and shifting, but I don't know if we spend as much time on learning how to release and not hold on to things uh, that can prevent us from getting to our next or to the greater. And in dancing, you're always performing for the good of others. You're not just dancing for yourself. You're dancing for those in the audience and those on the stage. And at the end of the day, you're telling a story. And so when I think of my journey to being in the she-suite, it's been taking those elements of who I was and what I was learning then, refining it and transitioning it into an application in corporations. And so I still am graceful. I still learn to release and not hold on to things that could hold me back. And sometimes that's just about me getting in my own way, not somebody else. And then at the end of the day, marketing and communication is about storytelling. So it's working, but I've had to reflect and embrace what I already knew at my core, but find a new path for it to uh, come to, to bear in my current. Mm-hmm. And I can just share a personal story with our audience of how we connected. We were working at PNG at the time. And I remember, I mean, I vividly remember sitting down with you, being introduced to you and sharing with you a moment where I had to release. I had you know, gone through a very difficult time in my life and losing um, a gentleman I was dating at the time. And I was exploring where I was going to go next with my career and, and deciding to launch and let go of the past and move forward. And you were so insp- in, in, I would say instrumental um, in affirming that desire of, of something greater in me and a greater purpose it, when I felt like really, I didn't even know if I had the confidence to do it. And I, I'm curious because as women of color, a lot of times we have these internal conversations in our head <laughs> um, about who we are and what we are capable of, yet dealing with the re- realities of what we experience in the outside world. And, and how have you learned, you know, and what has been your experience to enable you to navigate those conversations and the reality of pushing the limits and doing things that hadn't been done before. Uh, So yeah, it was a memorable first encounter together and boy, am I glad you took the time to put that meeting on our calendars. Uh, I, I think to the heart of my story, I'm a consummate learner and we have to have humility in such that someone can teach us. And at all times, someone on my team is teaching me something I did not know. I can be the chief officer, but I also sit in a posture that someone knows more than I do. And I think that prevents people, if you're always aspiring to be the one in the room that knows the most, you will find out quickly there's always someone that knows a few more things than you. And actually, that's what we need in a situation. The the second piece is about the community I, it's beyond, I think you've done a couple of sessions on networking and it's uh, a word used often, but I don't believe fully appreciated and understood. It's about building the community of people that when I call or when you call me, 
I want to answer. I want to jump in. I'm excited for you. I want to pursue things with you. I want to encourage you. And that's been instrumental in my career that I've had people that believed and saw in me what I didn't even know that was there. And they pushed me in ways and stretched me. And I think I'm better for at that time, it was very intense that, you know, how could I give what I didn't think I had? And yet I, I blossomed and became even more than what I imagined and laid out. The, the third piece, though, is confidence. I, I don't waver in what I know. I'm the scientist at heart. I have my facts. I know what I know. I also know what I don't know. And when I can enter a room and speak my truth, it shows up every day to be my advantage. I don't try to be something that I'm not. I just tell you what I am and what I know. And then we'll fill in all the stuff that I don't bring, you know, in my portfolio. And it served me extremely well to be that candid, that transparent, and to be that honest. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I I find that a a lot of conversations I have with women um, is around feeling obligated with, for how people receive that. Right. And, and, do they think that you are this or that you're too ambitious, you're too um, aggressive? You know, how do you help women navigate through that? And obviously, what you've said is you stand in your truth. Um, but in instances where you've been confronted with how people receive it, what are some things that you've learned in that process has helped you along the way? Probably the, the one that has been constant throughout my career is something my grandfather said. He said, baby, it's not what people call you. It's what you answer to. Mm -hmm. And so what he meant by that and how I've embraced it is I can't tell you the number of times in my performance reviews that Julie is too aggressive and I speak too direct and strong. And that has not been a positive. That was actually in the column of that's not a good thing for you to be. And it's me saying either do I embrace it the way they're presenting it or do I understand what they might be trying to tell me I need to at least adjust for situations and audiences. So what do I mean by that? I am very confident. And so I believe as a leader, no one wants to follow you if you don't sound as though you know where you're going. I want the pilot in the cockpit to know how to fly the plane and where we're going. If you don't know what you're doing, I don't want you at the front flying the plane, right? So I I present that confidence so that you have the assurance that I know where I'm going and what I'm doing. But I've also realized that there are times where I have to temper that truth and confidence in a way that allows people to want to go with me. Mm. It doesn't change. You know, I've called it a little in my earlier years, diluting it. It doesn't mean that it's watered down. It just means that it will go down. Mm. If it doesn't get, if it doesn't get swallowed, it has no effect. Right. So I'm just trying to help things go down, but that doesn't change that. I'm still confident and clear on what we're trying to do. But um, a, a second way to, 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 to hear it is I asked a young lady on my team years ago, I said, are you speaking to impress or are you speaking to express? Mm-hmm. And if you can get clear on why you're doing what you're doing, 
you will be willing to be more flexible. And so when people tell me I'm something, I'm listening to you, but I make the decision on whether that's really who I am when I hold the mirror up and if I should make any adjustments or refinements, or if I can still be who I am and not become someone that I won't recognize. Mm-hmm. It's That's very powerful truth right now, because I think we're in a moment, right, with um, women and people of color in general, particularly in the corporate environment. And that is that question of purpose and a question of truth. Can you really be your authentic self? What would you say every woman of color uh, needs to know right now? Uh, First, I'll affirm who we are. Black girls really do rock. I, I believe that if we look in the history, the fiber and the fabric of our country, Black women have been the anchor. We've been uh, sort of that constant that's made the difference. Who holds up arms? Who leads? Who has who, who has a voice? I'd encourage us to get clear on our purpose, establish our vision, and then get to work. There's no better time than right now. People have um, an attentiveness and even a receptivity that I wouldn't say was present at the beginning of this year, to hear our voices, to hear uh, maybe points of difference. So stand in courage, but you have to have clarity Mm -hmm. so that you can move forward toward where you were created and where you actually needed. You hear that? I love it. Stand in clarity so that you can have courage. I love that. I say that very similar in terms of standing. Standing in clarity gives conviction. You have the you know, the presence to speak when you really know with clarity and purpose why you're doing it. And so, you know, our community talks about MVPs, mission, vision, purpose. You hit it right on. As you can see, you are someone who we can emulate and say that she's she's speaking her truth, but she's got a track record. Tell us about the journey of clarity of purpose for you. I know that that's a, a critical component to how you see leadership for yourself. How did you come to that level of clarity and, and conviction um, and confidence around your purpose. So I'd, even the planful young Julie can't say that I had this all laid out. So the first uh, point of confession is I have been blessed to say yes to opportunities and to be given opportunities that were not on my roadmap. Mm-hmm. And so I am where I am because I was willing Um, to take a chance and other people were willing to take chances on me. You can't uh, use the fishing analogy. If you stay on the shore, you can't catch great fish. Great fish is found only in deep water. And that means the safety of the shore is no longer available to you if you're out in the middle of the ocean. You have to drop anchor. And for me, some of those were, you know, when my husband and I agreed to move to Boston from St. Louis, He was leaving his family. He had a career of about 20 years with his company. And we were going on the faith that this new job was going to be great for me slash us. And we said it was one of the most pivotal points in our marriage. I think it was an important point in um, my career of saying yes to a place called Boston, Massachusetts. It definitely was not on my list. Mm -hmm. But being willing to take that chance made a difference in how my career progressed, what I learned, what we learned as a family unit with no one else other than ourselves to take care of our kids and each other. And so I think 
when you go through your career journey, you have to be willing uh, to take some leaps of faith. And I have had people that have been uh, courageous enough to, to put me to the test and push me um, around uh, opportunities and ideas that I was not comfortable. It, it is that be comfortable being uncomfortable. I didn't have the answers. And day one was day one. I was you know, a white piece of paper. I didn't know some things. And that isn't the place I normally operate from. So be willing to have that be your reality for a moment in time, because greater things will come if you're willing to be in that day one situation of, I don't know, but give me a minute. I will find out how to make this work down the road. I love it. And, you know, we, we talk about brand. Everything here is about leveling up with your personal brand. And I'm just curious. And we always ask this question. What is Julie's secret sauce to her brand? Ah, so, uh, so, so the first piece of the, the brand, uh, when you've, you've, I've gone to several of your sessions, my short version of my brand is all about excellent service. So, so I believe if you're, if you're going to do anything, do it to a level of excellence, right? Or either just don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. And I show up believing I can. So I'm a, I'm not even just a half full. I'm probably, it's all the way full kind of girl until it's over. I believe there's still a chance. So it's my confidence that's the true secret sauce. Uh, this, the scientists in me, I do my homework. I make sure that I'm prepared for conversations. Um, and I think that's an important piece, um, Melissa, for those that are wondering what more could you do. Never assume that you're ready mm-hmm. and you can rest on your past laurels. Every presentation that I make I prepare, I rehearse, I write my notes before any interview. I ask me my questions to ensure that I've heard my answers. And I think people assume because they're great and I've done this before, it's good enough, but that's not great enough. And so I spend in my secret sauce, the confidence isn't just automatically, it's because I've prepared. So when I show up, I can speak with that level of confidence because I've done my homework and I know what the other options were. I believe in Julie Washington. I'm my best cheerleader, um, but I believe that's an important part of how and why people are willing to partner with me, to follow me uh, and help me do the work that I've been uh, given the opportunity to lead. Mm -hmm. I love it. That secret sauce is working. It's working for you. (laughs) We all can learn from that. Talk to us as we begin to wrap up about the role of um, your network, your tribe, um, and how you have been able to navigate, right, success, but also significance with your family, with your, um, those who are closest to you, who are your inner circle. How, how is this, how have those relationships shaped who Julie is? Yeah, let me take it in two parts, Melissa. So I'm going to divide the first piece around transactions versus Uh, relationships. Because in a network, I have known people for 10 or 20 years, I spend time writing them to ask how they're doing, and how I can help them versus always seemingly calling people only when you need them. Mm -hmm. And I've learned over time, that within that network, it's not how much I know, I'm not smarter than the people that I'm reaching out to. But they know that they can count on me to do my homework, to show up and be of assistance to them. And so therefore, when I do call them, they've answered 
in ways that I couldn't have imagined. So I've learned that um, reciprocity of, of receiving, but as well as giving. And every day I try to figure out where I can make that deposit in someone's life. It could just be an email, a text message. How do I impart good into someone's life that might not be hearing that on a daily basis or might feel invisible? And so that's helping me be a better me to live out my commitment to serve is by giving. And that's sort of within that that network. But that's a relational conversation, not a transactional one. The, the other piece that I have is uh, I love Oprah. And so everybody should have a good, good friend. Right. And uh, Oprah has Gail comma going. That's, that's who she has. Well, I've been fortunate that if we talk about another coincidence, uh, I met a woman uh, when I was in Boston and she actually came back from Africa for the same conference that I was attending and we both we ended up on a panel in an odd way of how we both got on the same panel. And we have been inseparable for the last 15 years. Um, she has a career in politics. And she's also a preacher and now a pastor of a church in uh, Texas. The girlfriend aspect of that is that she keeps me on purpose. Mm-hmm. Reverend Jackson challenges me as a politician. She asks some hard, tough questions, right? So I can't get by with anything in that friendship. She stretches me to say, Julie, why are you going to do that? What more could you be doing? And she encourages me. And the best thing about now being uh, a pastor and preacher, she prays for me to have someone doing for you what you sometimes can't makes all the difference. So I'm better because of the good girlfriends and uh, that I have in my life, but I'm also the better for the relationships that I can take part in that are a year old, 10, 20, and some 30 years uh, in the making. Well, you know, it's amazing because that's exactly the essence of the She Sweet Community Podcast. It's about, you know, having those deep uh, connections with women who support you, who are with you, um, who connect you, but also who lift you up. And it sounds like that is an awesome relationship that you have. And also just how you live um, and how you share your story and how you give is that you you don't just leave, you know, for yourself. You're bringing someone always along with you. So we thank you for that. Um, to wrap up, is there any other points that you'd like to share? Um, any way that you'd like for our community to connect with you? Yeah, I thank you again for the opportunity. The, the, the closing thought is we entered this year, this decade, talking about vision for 2020. Everybody had a seminar on it or a topic um, that they were talking about. And I gave a a presentation to the American Marketing Association last year. And the anchor of my presentation was around uh, Wayne Dwyer's statement of when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And what I'd encourage us to do is make sure in our journey, personally and professionally, that we're mindful of the lenses, the clarity, and the vision that we have about how we see what's in front of us. Because some things are illusions, some things are not as they appear. And something greater waits for us if only we could see it before we see it. Beautifully put. And and so on time for this moment. 
Julie, thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your inspiration and sharing your strategies for success on the She Sweet Community Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the She Sweet Community Podcast. Make sure to head on over to the SheSweetCommunity.com forward slash podcast to subscribe and stay up to date on all of the latest news. Catch you on the next episode.